What's really stopping me from flexing the power of my perspective as a writer? Today, I'm going to share with you my experience and the surprising lessons learned from my first writing course at the Muse Writing Center here on the View 112 podcast. Welcome to the View 112 podcast. I'm Janita Morris. As an avid reader, writer, and businesswoman, I'm passionate about literacy and self-development. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Good evening. Today is Sunday, February 17th. Hope you're having an amazing weekend or had an amazing weekend. It's almost Monday. Uh, Probably by the time most of you hear this, it will be Monday. And I've spent basically the whole weekend um, and definitely the whole day today um, reading, but doing one of my favorite things is uh, writing. When I first wanted to become a writer, I was a kid that read a lot of books. I was drawn to the superpower of effectively communicating an idea, a story, or perspective into a book or a magazine or a newspaper article that people all over the world could read. I think I shared earlier that um, my mother worked at the Washington Post. And so going to um, visit her at work and getting a tour of the Washington Post and having the Washington Post delivered to my um, home as a kid, surrounded by all kinds of magazines, essence, and all kinds of authors. And my grandmother was a reader. Um, being drawn to reading was a big thing for me. And I quickly understood and made the shift from just wanting to be a reader um, to being a writer. I always wanted written by Janita Morris to be attached to a brilliant piece of work. As a teen, I wrote a lot of poems. Uh, That was like the big thing growing up in the 90s, as well as like spoken word and um, these these deep uh, analytical thoughts. Um, And so I wrote a lot of that kind of uh, stuff and I submitted them to the Washington Post teen section. You would have thought I had a little in there with my mother working there, but nope. Um, YSB Magazine, Essence Magazine. And I wrote a lot of submissions for what I thought a 14 to 17 year old uh, should be submitting, um, only for none of them to be published. When I went to college at Hampton University, shout out to HU, as an English major, um, I really went to improve my writing and my ability to get a job at a major publication as a writer. It was in college that I learned very quickly and very harshly that writing is hard. For the first time in my life, I had to work at literally everything, even something I enjoyed like writing. I enjoyed writing less as a result, and I started to write less. I didn't like it. And so writing, you know, term papers and, you know, uh, reading things that I wasn't as excited to read and being forced to articulate my thoughts did not have the same, uh, did not provide the same satisfaction as uh, writing for leisure once had. Um, And it wasn't until my junior year that I took a creative writing course as an elective. And it was in that class. And I had this professor, uh, ironically, in other courses that (laughs) I had C-level work in. Um, But it was in this class and with her that um, my writing began to flourish. And I think it was truly because, again, it was a creative outlet. And there weren't really very many rules other than to spend time 
writing and thinking through and doing different writing exercises. And as I've shared in other stories um, on this podcast before, we would present our work. Um, and uh, our work was at the end of the year, uh, we, we created an anthology of sorts of our work and it was published by um, us. And I still have a copy of this um, into like a journal, like an anthology. And um, I still have that. And so um, that really kind of, you know, reinvigorated my uh, love and passion for writing and going to open mic nights. And I'd walk around campus with, you know, my little uh, composition notebook. And I still have those composition notebooks to this day. And, and that really kind of inspired me my junior year to get back into writing. And then as many of you know, um, I went on to fail my senior thesis in English um, the following year. And I feel like I still identify that failure as the biggest failure of my life. Um, and so I believe that these series of events have convinced me, um, or sometimes the thoughts of those convince me that I shouldn't be a writer, that I'm not really good at writing, um, and that no one really wants to hear from me. And here I am, pretty successful at a lot in life. Um, I have a, a wildly successful career. I'm really passionate about the work that I do, um, and I do well for myself, um, but I still have the unfulfilled dreams of the that little girl um, that wants to see written by Janita Morris next to a brilliant piece of work. Those dreams are still in my heart. A myth about fulfilling the desires of your heart is that the work you do should come easy or natural. You see, writing is definitely one of my God-given talents and writing is hard work. Those two things can live in the same space. I think that we believe that just because something is our God-given talent, that it should come easy or natural to us. And while some aspects of writing do, there's a lot of writing and a lot of aspects of writing I have to work really hard at. And just like everything else in life, I have to put in the work to be a better writer. I actually have to write a lot, maybe more than some other writers to get better. One thing is for sure though, the dream of being a published writer will never get fulfilled unless I get to work. Of all the advice and all of the thoughts that I've shared on this podcast, I have not truly applied them to my writing. I talk a lot about doing the work and putting yourself in the right rooms and connecting with the right people. And I've done that very well when it comes to my career over the last ooh, 19 years, y'all, over the last 19 years. But when it comes to my writing, I don't know a single writer. I don't really go to writing events. Um, I go to book festivals which, yes, I think in the premise of meeting writers, but I don't go to writing events where people are writing or doing writing techniques or having writing workshops. Um, and I don't really do more with my writing until now, until recently. So here in the city of Norfolk, we have this amazing resource for writers. It's called the Muse writing, Writers Center, M-U-S-E. So the Muse Writers Center. And uh, when I first was driving around in this area, looking at different neighborhoods um, and trying to find a place to live, I saw this place. Before I even lived, moved into the city of Norfolk, I saw the Muses Writing Center. And um, I that was 
probably 10 at this point, 10, maybe 11 months ago, if you count the time I was driving around. And um, among all of the things, the center offers classes for writers of all abilities and contributing to a variety of genres. Today, the Muse Writer Center is less than 10 minutes away from my house, and I've been living here for sure for about the last 10 months, and I just got up the courage to go in a couple of weeks ago and actually check it out. Part of my resolution and um, you know focus to work on my writing, I was like, you see this place? I, I probably drive past it maybe two to three times a week and I always see it and there's like this nagging thing in the back of my mind and so finally I was like no you're gonna go at least see what it's about I went to the website and the website I think it does need a little bit of work maybe that's something in my professional life I can bring to it um but um I needed to go in and see what was up. And so one day, a couple of weeks ago, I worked up the nerve and I went in and I met people and I learned about what actually happens in there. And um, actually, I went on a day that was rare um, as it, you know, as events turn out, where they were having a, a drop in write in session where you can come in between particular a certain hours of the day with your computer, your notebook, or however you choose to write. And they had protected like rooms and spaces all over the center where you could just drop in and write and have peace and quiet to your thoughts and to yourself. And, um, so that was what was going on. And they thought I was coming in to drop in, write, And I was like, no, I just have never been to a writer center. I didn't know what it was. Um, and one of the young ladies was like, are you a writer? And I was like, yes, <laughs> very sheepishly. Um, and she was like, what do you write? And then I was like, oh, wasn't ready for that question. Um, and I was like, oh, mostly like creative writing, uh, voice all squeaky and insecure and like, you know, I was like, ah, you know, I do a little bit of blogging um, because, you know, there's still this obvious insecurity with me about is blogging writing, which of course blogging is writing. But in a room where I think, oh, these writers, like, what do I write? I haven't published anything. I don't have any work to speak for. I don't even know what genre it is that I write in. So, um, anyways, they were super friendly, super welcoming. They told me about all the events. They have a lot of um, uh, classes that they offer, I was informed. But in addition, there's a lot of just fellowship and activities amongst the writing community in the center, in the city of Norfolk, happy hours and all kinds of things. Um, and so they encouraged me to come back and to kind of just dive head first and that there's things for writers of, you know, all abilities. Um, and so I, I, felt pretty good leaving out of there. And after reviewing the class offerings, I found the class um, that I knew right away was the one that I should take. And then, then I registered for it. And that class is called Developing Personal Power as Writers, facilitated by Anna Fitzgerald, who's a program associate there. And this class addressed the following topics as it relates to writing. One, limiting our beliefs about writing. I'm sorry, limiting beliefs about our writing. Two, the power of words. Three, affirmations. Four, the elimination of overwhelm and procrastination. And then lastly, unique ways to organize and prioritize our writing. 
this last piece about unique ways to organize and prioritize our writing was the top thing I thought I needed to get out of the class. I figured my problem was one of productivity. And after about the first 10 minutes of the class, my actual issue was exposed. The first topic, limiting beliefs about our writing, was actually of most value to me. The activities and the discussion really forced me to soul search about why I've not been as productive about my writing. And sure, I've been busy. I mean, of course, we're all busy, right? I've had a wild year. Um, but still, I managed to prioritize a lot, of, a lot of things in my life besides writing. Peeling back a lot of layers and, um, and doing a lot of, and, and just doing an honest assessment with myself, this is what I learned. I learned, A, I don't prioritize or schedule time to write because, B, I don't want my hard work or creativity to be rejected making me feel like, C, no one wants to read anything I write because my work is not smart or impactful enough. Deep, right? Again, this is what I learned. I don't have a productivity issue. I'm not prioritizing my writing and scheduling time because I don't want my hard work. I believe if I do that, my hard work and creativity is gonna be rejected making me feel rejected because I'm personalizing that. No one's going to want to read anything because my work is not smart enough or impactful enough, which you can even break down a little further of like, does that make me feel like I'm not enough? Um, There are thousands of writers and podcasters and content creators. And so what does my voice add to the conversation? And why would anyone want to hear from me? So peeling all the way back and getting to the root cause. Um, uh, And we learn that a lot of these things go into three buckets. They're either your beliefs, your behaviors, or result. But typically, if you're not getting the result you want, it's because of either some of your behaviors or more commonly because of a belief that you have that's impacting your behavior, that's then impacting your result. And so working through some activities and going backwards with this was something that I learned. Now that I understand this and some other things about myself, I learned that I need to affirm that, uh, and affirm for myself that my perspective, my experience and my research is of value. I produce work that is of value to me, that's excellent to me, that's helpful to me. Doing such work is only going to provide the same thing for others as well. Of the billions of people on the planet, there is an audience out there just waiting to read something written by Janita Morris. They will never get to read it if I don't write it. So our class did a lot of work on personalized affirmations about ourselves, about our process, about our work. And on this podcast, this very podcast, I have shared... Um, about the power of affirmations before. This was my first experience with creating personalized affirmations. We were encouraged to write our own to combat the beliefs, the limiting beliefs that we have about our work. And I found the activity of creating customized affirmations versus reading ones that you see on the internet more effective in crushing the negative 
thoughts that creep up and limit my productivity because those negative thoughts are very personalized. They're internal and like they're things that only you can tell yourself. And so you, and, and so this activity of writing things and, and affirming things that only you can tell yourself that can, that crushed that very specific limiting belief, I found that to be very empowering. I never really thought of myself as a creative as I don't think I viewed writing as an art, say like painting or creative music. In this class, I finally understood why I feel a sense of accomplishment after writing. Writing for me is the creative release that I need. And for days or weeks or the months that go by without writing, it's very stressful for me. The best way to describe this is that no matter how much I feel like I can accomplish or I do accomplish in a day, if I don't write, I feel like there's always something left to do. Uh, that feeling of always having something pent up inside or lingering that you, you did not get done for the day is, is uh, I can't even tell you the stress that it causes me. And I didn't even equate not writing as being one of those creative releases that I, I needed. Um, our teacher advised making time for our art every day as a necessity for our overall well-being. Can you believe that? Making time every day for your art because your art is a part of you. And just like you make time for other things that you need for your well-being during the day, you need to do that for your art. Just like you make time to sleep, which I guess is debatable, um, or you make time to shower, etc. You need to take time for your art. And it's true. The days that I make time to write and release some of my creative energy are some of the best days, the days I really feel great. And I'm also better at other aspects of my life. I'm better at my job. I connect better with my friends and family and I have an overall better sense of accomplishment and how I feel about myself. I sleep better. I'm proud of myself. And all of that, I think, in summation, really shows and really proves what I know all along, and that is that writing makes me happy. You want, you want to know what else makes me happy? Connection and fellowship with other people. In this class, I met nine other writers with similar insecurities as me. Uber talented writers with similar self-imposed limits. During our three-hour exchange, I understood and I learned even more the power of words and connection and why my writing is important just by doing simple exercises. We did activities in which we were all essentially given the same topic and the same experience with the only instruction to write whatever we wanted. And though all nine of us had the same experience and had the same topic, every single one of us had a different expression in our writing about that particular topic. And we all got something unique and something thought-provoking um, just by, by looking at the same activity. We watched a TED Talk about the power of words. And even two people saying similar things can impact us very differently. How we view language or experiences in life, how we hear and receive things and how we say things all make up our uniqueness. In fact, there's so many variables that make up our uniqueness. And now I have a different perspective about the power of the world 
having only one me. Think about how powerful that is. There's only one Janita in the whole world. Well, only one Janita Morris like me because there's other people named Janita, believe it or not. But only one me in the world. And how can I wield that power into my writing or into my perspective? What stories can I share? What perspective can I lend? How can I use my powerful uniqueness to connect with other people? Sure, I'm talking about writing, but I think this applies to other areas in our lives as well. Do you use the power of your perspective to push progress at work? How about the agendas of our community or with family or friends as it relates to issues of social injustice? Did you know the power of your perspective can uplift people all around you? But you must provide it in order for your perspective and for you to actually continue to grow. I'm going to leave you with a quote I've been carrying around with me all week, and it is the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any by the great Alice Walker. Let me say it again. So nice I have to say it twice. (laughs) The power, oh, I'm sorry. So nice I have to say it twice. (laughs) The most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Thanks so much for listening uh, to the View 112 podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're looking for ways to communicate with me, or if you don't know that the View 112 podcast is actually a blog on view112.com. I write about other things. Um, I don't just have a podcast. I'd love for you to check it out. And you can connect with me by sending me an email at Janita Morris at view112.com. I'm also just about everywhere online as Janita Morris. Thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you next time. Bye.